it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. I was where you are. I thought about that one-eyed fucker all the time and it terrified me. But I am no longer afraid. On 11-2, the Soviet Union was on the verge of annihilating us and we were more than prepared to return the favor. Then that enormous tentacled abomination teleported into New York. If it hadn't arrived when it did, we would all be ash. It united us against a common threat. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this week we're discussing Watchmen Season 1, Episode 5, Little Fear of Lightning. Yes, little fear of lightning. I love, I love this episode. I love that we got a lot of answers in this episode. We got, we got a few more questions as well. But I also really, really love that. I, I hope this episode can help those non-comic book readers that are watching the show understand some of what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Especially for the fact that we see a scene that happened back in, I would say, what, 1985? 85, right. And we see a character, you don't grasp it unless you actually look at the what he his costume or disguise is now and realize at the very end what that all meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, for sure. Yeah, because obviously we're alluding to a carnival scene, and you see a boy pretty much almost naked in a carnival. What was that? Funhouse with all the glass. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing is we get this we we get this backstory of not only of Looking Glass, but we get the backstory for those who haven't read the comic book. They now know what this event is that everyone's been talking about this 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 thing that happened the, with the squid attacking New York and and that's the big that's the huge thing right yeah. there is just seeing seeing that he was you know part of the uh, they they had the watchtower isn't that a uh, that Je- is that Jehovah's Witness or seven day no it's Jehovah's Witnesses it is yeah, yeah it is Jehovah's yeah. Witness uh, the, the they have one tower. up by me yeah. 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 So I think that's what they were doing. That was like the mission that they have to that they go out on. They have to do one one of their acts of service or something like that. Yep. I, I don't know a lot about that religion, but yeah. So that's what they were doing is they were doing you know part of their their mission, and it happened right at the date, which would be what November first, November second, nineteen eighty five. Yep. There when the squid attacked New York and then uh, branched out, as we hear. You know, in the rest of the episode, when they explain that however many million died in the blast zone, but then there were millions that were also affected, you know, mentally yeah. by that psychic blast to where, like uh, Agent Blake, she alludes to it when she says, oh, people who were in the psychic blast still have trauma. You know, they still wake up scared. They still have bad dreams. They still have that psychic. And that's why he wears that whatever they call it reflectatine in his hat you know mm-hmm. and that's what his mask is made out of so yeah i love that we got we got all this this backstory on on looking glass yeah exactly and we're probably going to learn a lot more once we get in our top fives yeah
I think I started last week, if I remember listening to the podcast, so I think it's your turn to start. Sure. Well, my number five would be the intro was really interesting to see. You know, the mirrors were a dead giveaway about who, you know, looking less when he was in the funhouse. I knew this was going to be a little bit more character-specific episode or a bottle episode because of this. And plus... You know, like I said, the, the mirrors were a dead giveaway because I'm like, wait a minute, there's a lot of mirrors around. He wears that thing. Okay, that's him. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and plus that, you know, they, they cast a, a really good younger version of him. Yes. It really does look like a younger version of Tim Blake. Nelson, I could see that, you know, the way they did his hair and everything growing into. And then, of course, when they, they, they added it and it cuts, cuts to showing him. Uh, older so yeah that was really really great my number five is just something that that i realized as i watched this show this episode a couple of times is that since podcasting with you and i have to give you the credit for this mark because i don't think i would have really picked up on these things if it hadn't been for podcasting with you i mean Mm. there's i've heard of a couple of podcasts that key in on music but you really have an ear for music and so i've started to kind of listen to that and really the uh, music in this episode was really really good i want to really highlight that uh, that guitar solo after Wade, you know, meets with his ex-wife there in her lab, and that was really good. That kind of guitar solo, and then they throughout the episode they use that Careless Whisper song and some Enchanted Evening as well. It's it's used. We we hear different versions of it, different covers of those songs throughout the episode, and I thought they did a really really good job with that. Yeah, meshing it with the the actual scene mm-hmm. and the feeling of the scene within the music, not only just lyrics, but also just the tone of the music itself and how it feels. That's what I always look for, and that's what I always love. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been rewatching Lost with we mentioned it before the other the joint podcast again, Next Level Network podcast. We have to go back Lost revisited, and the the episode we they just covered this week was Trisha Tanaka is dead. And in that episode, Michael Giacchino does a orchestral version of Three Dog Nights Shambhala. That is just amazing. I mean, that cut alone had me order the soundtrack, the season three Lost soundtrack for that song. Because it's, it's really so good. So I, I highly recommend if you want to uh, seek it out. I know it's on Spotify because I listened to it the other day. The, the Michael Giacchino orchestra version of uh, Shambhala from Three Dog Night. Awesome. What was your number four? My number four, that would be uh, the lady that Wade meets at group. I really like the self-help group overall based on the uh, November 2nd incident in 1985. The fact that she went to the depths to get into Wade's life purposely, and obviously we see that at the very end. Why? But uh, eye openings in this this episode, too, that this leads to is amazing, I think. Yeah, the whole setup with her was was great that we see, you know, we get this support group. We get her kind of uh, just hanging out, not really telling her story and then him trying to convince her to tell his story. Uh, to tell her story, and she's like, no, I'm not going to come back. And then she kind of basically flirts with him and hits on him, gets him to ask her out, and they go, and then they go to have uh, drinks, and then they're they're both drunk, so they're not they're not supposed to drive home, but she gets picked up by somebody. And just the whole way they set that thing up, and then she even reveals that, like you said, there at the end, when she's like, no, you know, the, the lettuce didn't fall off the truck by accident. You know, we wanted you to follow us. We wanted, you know, we wanted to see and to get all these revelations that Wade gets that I'm sure we're going to talk more and more about in our top five or definitely in our notes because we learned a lot in this. There's a I mean, this was (laughs) 
I, I said in the last episode that I didn't want them to reveal a bunch of stuff too quick, but I really love, I think they, they revealed just the right amount of stuff yeah. and answered just the right amount of questions in this episode and kind of kept it, they capped off the answers of one particular, you know, kind of in one particular order. But I, I really, really uh, liked how this episode uh, gave us those answers that we've been asking for. And it's only episode five. We've still got four more to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number four is uh, just Wade's lie detector ability. And I, I just got done, in fact, watching a, an episode of Warehouse 13 that there's a character uh, in that joins the cast in season three who has that ability to, to where he can tell when anybody's lying. And it's it's uh, they use it really effectively in Warehouse 13. And I don't know if Wade's really is... You know, if it's like a superpower or just something he's developed over the years or if it has something to do with him getting lied to in that funhouse and then, you know, uh, being affected by that, maybe. I and, uh, I really thought it was really cool and that his cover occupation is that he doesn't watch the marketing video research, but he watches the people who watch yeah. the videos and then tells the company if those reactions that they're getting from the people is genuine. I really, really love that, that they're the guy's going through the cards and he's like, 10, 10, 10. And he's like, yeah, that's what they wrote on the thing. But I'm telling you, I watched them and I saw, I knew how they reacted to it. And those cards are not telling you the truth of what their reaction yeah. was. I really loved that whole scene. And it really got me, it piqued my interest as to the other, if it's just the detectives who have to maintain a kind of a cover identity, or if every cop has, I mean, obviously every cop has to have some sort of backstory or has to have some sort of story, cover story that they tell people when they're, because he said, remember in the first episode when Jud, Jed goes and visits the, the home of the police officer who was killed, he said, you know, he asks the wife, well, did anyone know that he was a cop? And she's like, no, of course not. We kept that secret. And so obviously her husband had to tell people something when they asked what he did. And so I, I it kind of makes me wonder if every police officer has to actually maintain a cover identity or if maybe it's just the detectives that actually, because, you know, Angela has the bakery, Looking Glass has this marketing research job. What uh, What other jobs do the other detectives have or the cops have that kind of hides their their identity i, I really I, i'm really i don't you know we may not get many answers to it but it just kind of piqued my interest of the fact that these are i mean for lack of a better term these are licensed heroes yeah you know yeah so they are authorized <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that would bring me to my number three yeah which would be the senator telling wade about keeping the peace with all groups and to find out, you know, basically it was an organized effort. That was, you know, and I never picked up on the whole painting thing, I guess. Uh, and I know TV Podcast Industries, their podcast, talked about this. And I think it's in the PDPedia files that that painting that was in Judd's house that the senator sees yeah. and comments on, that's the painting that tells you that he's the whatever, the 7th Cavalry. Yeah guy exactly and so now the senator is there and the senator is like now i've got to play both roles where i didn't have to do that before yep 
in. So I, I really thought that was, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That reveal was huge. And, and I know other people said they suspected it or they saw it coming, but it was, wasn't a surprise to me that he was working with them. It was a surprise to me that he was basically like in charge. Cause like he says that he, he tells uh looking glass, yeah. he says you can either throw Angela under the bus, make him let the, the FBI know about this evidence against her or no, get her, get their eyes off from the seventh cavalry for a few days or I can send these, what did he call them, racist rednecks to her house to kill her whole family. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that yeah, is yeah. just cold-blooded. So in a way, yeah. Wade's betrayal is not as much a betrayal. It's a betrayal, yes, but he really was doing it to protect Angela. Because if he didn't do it, they were going to kill her. So that brings us to mind number three. Yeah. It's just those those pills, that nostalgia uh, and I thought it was funny that I, I believe I know it was in the movie. I'm pretty sure I think it's in the comic book as well. That nostalgia was the name of the perfume that Adrian Veidt was uh, producing, and mm-hmm. so th- these pills that are called nostalgia that are basically manufactured memories is what is what they the, the Wade's ex wife tells him, and they're they're highly dangerous, they're illegal, and I wonder. What's going to happen now with her that she's taken this whole mouthful of them? And are they Will's memories? Are they somebody else? I mean, I think we're to assume that they're Will's memories because he was taking them, remember, and he said, these are from my memory. And yes, but what's going to happen to her now that she's taken this whole mouthful of them? Is it uh, that's kind of an overdose or, you know, what's going to go on with that? I'm I'm uh, uh, next episode. Maybe she'll have a elongated acid trip. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some kind of crazy. Uh, you know, is she gonna is she gonna start talking like Louis Gossett Jr.? Is she gonna, you know, what's what's gonna happen to her? I'm 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 intrigued to see what kind of consequences. How many years of memories yeah, does what, she get? What does she get? You know, does each pill have a specific memory? Does it, you know, does it target a certain? I don't know. Or you know, do they just target specific? areas of the brain to be bring back your own memories i don't know that's what i was thinking originally it would have been but yeah with the way things are written you never know maybe it has some sort of uh those pills were fitted for him particularly and then they were handed mm-hmm. to her so she could understand yeah. his point of view who knows all right so that would bring me to my number two i believe yes and that would be finding out that Adrian Veidt was sending all these clones as test subjects to the moon. Oh, my goodness. And the fact that he finally gets there so that he himself can go to the moon and leave a message. But we see all the bodies and him moving them and everything. He's physically standing on the moon. Yeah, my impression was that, that he's in some sort of domed prison on the moon. Now, maybe maybe he's not. Maybe maybe it's orbiting the moon or something like that. But like the impression I got was that he actually, that, that whatever he's living in uh, Mm -hmm. snow globe is actually on the moon. When he was throwing the bodies out, he was throwing them out side of the bubble. What I don't get is unless this is the, the only time he's been able to, or maybe he did, maybe he threw all the bodies out there and he was able to build that message in one trip. And, mm-hmm. and, and that it wasn't, so it would have to have taken him hours, don't you think, to assemble that sign? Yeah, pretty much. He could have just done it. Yeah. You know. Use, so, use those bodies to make probably, you know, a word. <laughs> yeah. Well, save me is yeah. what it read. It, when, cause he, cause he sees that he knows, he apparently knows when that satellite is going to come around and he, he 
puts that word out there spelled out in the body so the satellite can take a picture of it hopefully i guess and and then you know they yank him back in to the dome or whatever he's living in and they start beating on him which yeah that whole scene that just stuff with him is just like i said last week it just keeps getting more bizarre it is bizarre bizarre. i'm just it makes me think who's the uh, game warden or that guy that was with the mask on the horse that time you know who is he is he his warden for his prison yeah it looked like to me like he was just another clone of the philip clones but maybe he's like the original philip mr phillips Mm -hmm. you know because he it seemed to me he looked similar even though he had the mask on and the hat he looked similar to the clone the i'm gonna call i'm gonna keep calling them clones because that's what they they seem they must have been so maybe he's the original Mr. Phillips who started this whole thing. We still don't know who put Adrian Vite there. I thought it was really interesting that he mentions he's been there. I can't remember, was it this episode or last episode that he mentioned he's been there for four years? Yes. And so if we if we put the timeline together, so 1985, he manufactures the squid attack that attacks New York. Then in 1993, President Redford receives the video that Adrian Veidt made on November 1st, 1985, telling him, you're watching this, I'm recording this video on November 1st, 1985, you're you're watching it on January 1st, 1993, and you've just been sworn in as president. And then he says... And so he lays it all out how he how he manufactured the the squid attack. He set up everything for him to become president. And then there's a really interesting line. I had this later on in my notes to discuss, but there's an he says an interesting line. He says, "Now, we've got a few hours. Let me tell you more. Or let me tell you what else is going to happen." And so I really found that interesting that that video was hours Long, so I wonder how much Wade watched the whole thing. Did he watch the <laughs> whole video? Yeah, did he watch just enough to to see it? And this this goes right into my my number two. So it is is I already started talking a little bit about it, about Wade's betrayal of Angela, and now as I start thinking about it more and more, I don't really think betrayal. about it as much yeah. of a, a betrayal as that he saved her. He was really mm-hmm. keeping her alive. Because he, even if, I mean, what's the the worst, I mean, I'm not saying the worst, it's the worst crime she's committed is basically covering up Will's involvement in the murder. Correct, yeah. You know, she didn't, she didn't murder Judd. And so I really found that interesting. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the, the video was enough to convince him. But now, like I said, as I start talking about it and thinking more about it, I realize that it's not just the fact that she lied to him that she's been keeping things from him, but it's the fact that he wants to keep her safe. So I, I really I really think that's that's more of the core of why he did it, is keeping her safe instead of that he felt betrayed because she lied to him. Yeah, it gets interesting. Uh, and then, of course, at the end, the uh, the cavalry coming to, to his house, I, I can only assume they're coming to kill him. He's He's done what he was asked to do, and now they're, they're going to eliminate yeah. him, you know. And I hope we see that in the next episode that we uh, we get to see how either he was. I hope. I mean, if they kill him, they, I guess that's. But I hope he escapes. I hope he finds some way of of beating him, maybe getting into his shelter or something. Which I don't know. It, we'll it, it, I don't know. It's funny how I look at Wade now, not because of the mask. I think just the way he's been going around doing things, and I it just it gives mm. me reflections of Rorschach a bit. Oh, absolutely. A little bit extreme, wears that full mask mm-hmm. when he needs to, and he's kind of blunt 
the way he talks to people and just his investigative, like like him being able to read people. Yeah. Well, and even when he came home after work, when he takes his, his cap off and we see that he's got that stuff in the top of his cap, he puts his mask on while he eats dinner. Yes. Because he's so scared of another squid attack. And it's not until the end of the episode, you know, that we see him throw that stuff out because he finds out that it was all it was all fake, that it was all manufactured, that it's not going to happen again. again. Of course, he still doesn't know what the senator is planning because obviously they're planning something with they're using those same kind of teleportation doorways and you know he says i I think you know wade says something like you're going to drop another squid on tulsa and the senator is like oh it's much bigger what we're going to do is much bigger than that and so you suddenly go whoa wait a minute so who is the (laughs) senator working with is he working with lady true was he working with Adrian Veidt? Because, you know, he says he found that video. And so it goes back to what you said last week. Did Lady True, did she kind of, you know, uh, subjugate Adrian Veidt and take over his company? Or did he leave? It's it, These are all more questions that we got. We did get a lot of answers in this episode. But, but this, we got a bunch it, more it leads to more questions. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that would lead me to my number one. Your number one, yes. Nah, that that would be Looking Glass wanting to help Angela, like you spoke about, knowing that the pills bring back memories. After this episode, Looking Glass knows what is going on, but to turn in Angela, you know, like you, we already discussed this, you kind of turned me on that. Yeah, but I still think it was crazy. Plus, her taking all those pills, so I, I thought that was a bit wild. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like. Why? What's the why? Yeah, I, I'm with you because that my number one is just as many answers as we got. It's it's all the more questions that we got because yeah, like I, I'm I'm totally with you. Why? What's the purpose of her taking those pills? Is it so they can't analyze them and figure out whose pills they are? Because if if she realizes that the plant is bugged, then they know that will killed or we know they know that will confessed to murdering judd and i believe she even said that he is her grandfather mm-hmm. in that conversation so there's nothing they're going to be able to find out from the i, I don't think there's yeah. anything they can find out from those pills so what's what's her purpose in taking a mouthful of them maybe just, maybe she thought that would bring her closer to will you know Maybe, yeah. like you were saying before, maybe these are his memories, and this is her thought of, well, this will bring me closer to him and understand him more. Who knows? Yeah, and just more and more that, just like I said, more and more of these questions that we've got, we've still got the questions about Angela's husband. What What is this, like you talked about uh, when I was re-listening to our podcast from last, or when I was listening to our podcast from last week, I, I remember this whole conversation we had about Angela's husband, and what is this accident yeah. That she mentioned uh, that he was in, that he obviously survived. What you know now that we know that Adrian is not on Earth, we we believe he's on the moon. Yeah, who put him there? He's he says he's been there four years, but has he been there four years? Maybe time runs slower on the moon or runs faster. I don't know. So how long has he actually been there? The the center revealing the whole thing that Judd was the the leader of the cavalry and now i guess the senator is the leader of the cavalry and how they've been working together trying to keep this peace like you talked about before all these things are more and more questions that we got that 
Um, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, it's, I'm back to, you know, last episode we had, we had a lot to talk about, but it was just, we were very much, everything was a setup in this episode. It's like, everything is, is right there we get answers, but we get, we're getting more questions, Still more questions in yeah. our own head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had one quote here. Yeah. One quote. Well, that would be the Senator saying, call it a squid pro quo <laughs> when he talks to Wade and unveils their plan. I thought that was uh, a cute little way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really great. Uh, the only thing I, I've got uh, in addition to that we haven't already discussed is those, uh, again, it's another nod to the comic book readers that you wouldn't, I, I don't think you really know who they are uh, unless you had read the comic. It's those not tops that, uh, that gang of kids that mm-hmm. uh, he's talking to at the beginning of the movie and that the girl is part of. They have the knots on the top of their head. I went back to the comic book and, and, and flipped through it, and sure enough, that gang is in there. And and so it was really cool to kind of have that callback to the comic of the not that not top sort of group. Yeah. Um, you already spoke about the hours in the video to the president, Redford. Yeah, and everything else, everything else we've pretty much talked about. Uh, the only other thing I, I thought, and I, I put this out to our our listeners, but no one uh, gave us any feedback this week. I'm really interested to know, though, for those of you that are, that are listening, that are watching the show, that didn't follow the comic books, uh, that didn't read the comics. Does did this episode help you a lot, or did it it raise more? Was it more? Was it harder for you to understand with the squid? Because I mean, I loved that that image they showed of New York City with the giant the giant great great way of talking with the giant squid in it is straight out of the comic. That's a, that's a straight splash page from the comic. And it's, it was amazing to see that on screen. Oh yeah. You know, with the tentacles going through the buildings and, and everything I was, I just, I loved that, that opening, getting to see that opening scene, the, the girl uh, talking about pale horse, the, the group that was playing at Madison square garden when the thing attacked. And it, it wasn't that kind of a cool little, little Easter egg there that Steven Spielberg is still a movie maker, but he, he made a movie about the squid attack. Yes. <laughs> that was, that was a pretty cool little, little Easter egg to, to know that, that even in that world, Steven Spielberg is making these huge blockbuster movies that, that get uh, uh, big Oscar nods. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. There's so much going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's not really much for comic talk this week. I really didn't do any much research, but I haven't. I'm gonna try to read some comics over Thanksgiving weekend. I'm I'm not traveling for the first time in a few years. I'm not traveling over Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm hoping to get to put in some time. Yeah, uh, on reading comic books. This uh, I'm excited for. There was an announcement, and I didn't I didn't put it in the notes because I don't re- I didn't uh, dig too deep into the article. But there is an announcement that they have at least started talks about a Moon Knight, some sort of Moon Knight series. Yes, for the MCU, and I am excited about that because I love that character of of Moon Knight. I love that uh, uh, just the idea of of a character who has this mental, this bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, <laughs> but then gets imbued with the power of a, a God, you know, and how that, uh, or the, uh, or God makes him his knight. It's, it's really, it's, it's just a cool, if you guys don't know the backstory of the, of the hero moon Knight, uh, look it up. Mark Spector was a mercenary who 
was left for dead in a Egyptian temple, Egyptian, um, what do you call those things? What the? The triangle things. Oh, pyramid. Uh, pyramid, thank you. <laughs> was left for dead in a pyramid that was dedicated to the god Khonshu. And supposedly, the, the way this, the, the comic book goes, the god Khonshu cho- brought him back to life and chose him to be his knight. Uh, representing him to the world or something like that and so imbued him with this with some superpowers which uh, he then would go out into the world and fight crime but he has multiple personality disorder so uh, he has those problems as well it's it's a great it was a great comic book in the 80s i collected a bunch of them and uh, i'm i've got a few of them now the the newer runs that i need to go back and read i've got some of the trades from the newer runs that i need to go back and read but uh, i'm 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 excited for moon knight that's 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 the one that we don't have a lot of information of that I'm really, really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm just looking up something right now. Well, while Mark is looking that up, let me let you know that you can hear us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes. I believe uh, Mark said last week we are now on Stitcher and a few of the other podcast client uh players and so whatever podcast player of choice you use you can hear us on there just look up panels to pixels podcast and uh, look for us we'll have some new art coming out very soon looking forward to uh, thank you to kirk manley who's working on that art for us we'll have that out hopefully very soon and uh, you can check us out on those different formats if you want to interact with us you can go to our website which is panels to pixels podcast.com you can send us email at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The two is spelled out right there in the middle, T O, and the number one at the end at gmail.com. Or the best way to interact with us is through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. You can also call us and leave a voicemail at 845 350 2095. Again, that's 845 350 2095 and all this information is in the podcast notes if your podcast player uh, gives you the ability to see those those notes on the the podcast also we put up a spoiler thread on our in our facebook group every week that you can post your your feedback comments right there i'm uh, uh, looking forward to hearing hopefully some things from people in the next uh, the next few weeks get some feedback from what people thought of uh watchmen Okay, so what I was looking up was, uh, I remembered it on the top of my head, November 23rd, we're recording this, obviously, <laughs> on a Thursday, it would be Saturday, but uh, you might still be able to get it if you order it online or something, but The Walking Dead, The Alien is going to have a physical copy available on Comic Book Day. It's not free Comic Book Day, it's just Comic Book Day. So you should be able to get your copies either through Amazon or what have you. Probably be available come next when you hear this on Sunday. So, um, or maybe your comic book shop has it because uh, a lot of people don't know. Very cool. That's the one that's about Rick, Rick Grimes' brother. Yeah, his brother like Jeff that, right? that's stuck yeah. out in, I think, Barcelona and encounters the uh, ZA as it comes out. Okay. The other little bit of news I would have, there's a lot of rumors that are going around about the next Spider-Man movie that Sony's looking to do. It's rumored for a 2023 release, but might not be part of the MCU Phase 5. But the there are hints from a leaked screenplay for it, stating that uh, Peter will have to go to jail for Mysterio's death. 
saying that he's a killer. And then on top of that, uh, eventually Peter gets out, I guess, <laughs> of prison somehow. And then uh, we see Craven at uh, towards the latter half of the movie. But whether or not this is all speculation and this is all leaks, you can't really look into that too much. But it just gets us excited just hearing certain things like that. And that makes me interested into it as well. Uh, there's also a lot of stuff that's coming out on Disney Plus, so they keep adding more and more material for us to sneak peek into if you look at YouTube. You won't see it on the actual Disney Plus app for what they have, but you could see a lot more going on with WandaVision, definitely uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and definitely Civil War. Uh, not Civil War. Sorry. <laughs> what if? Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, what if they sent out a sneak peek? Uh, they got that at San Diego Comic-Con, which I thought was pretty cool. I think I mentioned it last week. But you do see uh, Captain Carter, which would be a turn. So it's Peggy Carter with the Captain, uh, the Super Soldier Serum. And then we do see Steve Rogers, and it is voiced by Chris Evans. And Haley Atwell is still playing Peggy, Peggy Carter. But you see Chris Evans as the shrinky-dink little Steve Rogers in cartoon form, but inside of, like, an, an Iron Giant suit, like an Iron Man, an older version of Iron Man with a big bazooka on him, all gray. And uh, they gave a sneak peek of something that I love, and I loved the series when it came out, and that would be the Marvel Zombies. And somehow uh, they just showed a one scene where you see the Winter Soldier and he sees Cap. And I think this might be within Civil War itself and it might have been a what if this happened. Like if, uh, I forget his name, the, the, the guy in Ultron, or was it Civil War? It was Civil War. He, uh, he was the ultimate baddie. And he uh, he releases this virus or whatever it is. And the virus turns out to be like a zombie thing. And basically Winter Soldier turns around and he sees a zombified Captain America. So that to me is intriguing for the fact that they're actually going to do something. I was hoping they would actually try to do this in movie form, but I don't think that would work. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Like we talked about, it, we spent a lot of time talking about it last week. I'm excited for the what if, the what if cartoon yeah. when it comes out. It's gonna be a while for that one, but um, but yeah, I saw I saw a preview. I saw a little preview of the Wandavision that's coming out. This uh, that's the first one that's spring 2020. Yeah. I think that one looks kind of cool, and it's Paul. It is Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, who are doing the voices uh, or. I don't know if it's live action or if it's cartoon or not. I don't remember. Now. I think I they might be doing might it be live, live action because they yeah. say that this is going to be centered around or try to allude to get to the next Doctor Strange movie. So what yeah, happens so the, here I, I, yeah, happens I didn't watch there. The whole, I didn't watch the whole thing. So yeah, the D23. I just, the, I just saw them introduce Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, and, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Kat uh, Dimming. Dunning? Dimming, yeah. Uh, who's going to be in it as well. So Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, definitely. So, basically, if you guys want to listen to me 
I do another podcast, so I do the Walking Dead talk through with Brian Malosh on Talk Through Media, and we review. As you could tell, I was talking about the what if with the zombies, but uh, we review the Walking Dead each week. So uh, this show's basically on the Next Level Podcast Network. It will stay here, but we like to link sometimes to the Talk Through Media webpage where the Walking Dead Talk Through podcast is hosted, and vice versa at times. So. I would recommend if you're interested in The Walking Dead right now, ratings have been going up. People are getting a little bit of buzz about what's going on. And uh, I'm really enjoying it for the fact that we're getting to see a little bit more into what's going on with The Whispers. So if you're into that kind of stuff, please follow us on TalkThroughMedia.com or wherever you get your podcast with, you know, to listen to. That would be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, or even TuneIn. And if you really want to, just like with this, we've been doing with this particular podcast, we put it on YouTube as well. So keep in touch here, or you could go to talkthroughmedia.com to leave any feedback you want. Very, very cool. And as always, we recommend all the uh, podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network or the podcast or Podcasting Network. I submit regular feedback to Strange Indeed, to We Have to Go Back, The Lost Revisited podcast and uh, I've lately I've been trying to get in I think I missed last week I've got something for them this I sent them something this week for Watchmen for TV podcast industries I want to give them a little bit of a shout out because they're a great that is a great another great Watchmen podcast if you're enjoying our podcast go over to TV podcast industries listen to both I listen to both so yeah you should too yeah definitely <laughs> and we also like to recommend DC Primetime, which is on the Next Level Podcast Network with uh, Ben Beck, and they discuss everything that's on the CW. And that would every DC well, show. every DC show, but this is going towards ahead because the we're coming up, and come December eighth, I believe, starts uh, Final Crisis, which is for a lot of you comic fans that would be Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right now, you're gonna see a lot of Superman, you're going to see a lot of people in that show, and I'm I'm really hyped for it, Ben's hyped for it, we we want to see this, like, right now. Right now, the, the shows are currently leading up to that slowly with their own storylines and story arcs, you could watch Batwoman, you could watch The Flash, Green Arrow is in its last season, um and what else is on there as well a supergirl i don't know i haven't been supergirl. following I'll be honest i haven't been following it i'm sorry to say yeah that. so i i recommend that i would i as soon as uh this week ends and we're going on a hiatus for the walking dead talk through for the fact that uh it's the mid-season finale for the walking dead so i get to actually concentrate and watch all that stuff and get to send feedback to ben on on those particular podcasts because i do enjoy and i love those shows it started with the flash for me and then it was uh, legends of tomorrow and then led to supergirl and batwoman green arrow i've watched only a few times but uh i do highly recommend them for the fact that they kind of intertwine and I I really do and enjoy it, and I think you guys will too, even if it's just for the miniseries for Crisis, because you're going to have Brandon Routh as a, a Superman. He's going to be uh, Kingdom Come Superman. We're going to see uh, from Smallville. Tom Welling? Tom Welling. It, yep, he's going to be reprising his role. He's not going to be... 
Superman, but he will be Clark with powers, just like he was in Smallville. So if you all remember that, Tom Welling, when he signed on for Smallville, he basically said, no flight, no tights. So obviously we're not going to see him in he tights. He did it for the last episode, uh, though. So. No, no, that was all CG. He okay. he says in a lot of podcasts that he, he did not wear it. They CG that stuff in. Okay. That was not him. <laughs> it still was done, though. I don't. But, I mean, I understand what you're saying. The actor didn't actually put the costume on, but I'm saying we got to see that in the show. So. Oh so, yeah, yeah, we did get to see that. Yeah, but it, it was. He says flat out. He even tells Ben in his in his interview. If you listen to the celebrity spotlight, he does not. And he goes, absolutely not. Nope. So he got his way, and he's doing the same thing on this, but he's still reprising himself as Clark. So and. We have the other Superman who is involved with Supergirl. You're going to see Supergirl. And we're going to see Kevin Conroy as Kingdom Come Batman. So that's going to be amazing. And on top of that, we're going to get Batwoman 2, which is pretty much almost like a prequel to where we get to Crisis. Because last season we saw Batwoman in, in a couple episodes. So my recommendation would be, hey, go out there, check it out if you're interested in that kind of thing. I know of a lot of people that are interested. Jerry Ordway, who actually drew for Crisis on Infinite Earths and The Death of Superman, he can't wait. He's anticipating this. He's loving the idea, just as I am. And he, any anytime I go into the comic book shop, that's I think that's all we talk about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go out there. And if you want to, it's not going to be exact to the comic because you got to realize this is CW. This is not the movies. And pretty much, you know, even in the movies, you're going to get a different story. But if it intrigues you after you watch Final Crisis on TV, I would recommend getting the trade paperback itself because it was a good story and it was the first of its kind to show a multiverse uh, in a sorts, whereas Marvel didn't do that until later on with their writing in comics. So DC kind of got a one-up on them as soon as they started that, then Marvel jumped onto that camp as well so but basically that's my little bit of input for this evening <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> that's all i got yep that's all you got <laughs> okay all right cool so that's it for our show this evening i just want to thank everyone for listening i'm mark and i'm steve and this is panels to pixels good night everybody good night <laughs>